Hi, welcome to the Leadership Cares Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Thornton, and with me as always is J.D. Allum. And uh, today we are going to be discussing uh, something that is very top of mind right now and something that I feel is uh, something we all need to be concerned with, and that's creating unity and harmony during divided times. How do we lead people who don't agree with us or each other? All right, so here we go, jumping into our third podcast here, JD. Yeah, how you feeling? Man, Three down. Yeah, it's it's uh, been good. You know, just it's been a challenge finding time to do them, but yeah. I, I think it offers a lot of value, um, hopefully to to the listeners, but certainly to um, me, just helping me get some of these thoughts out and yeah, talk through them and stuff like that. So, how you been since we last got together? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I, you know, I was sitting down with uh, Henry the other day, which one of our leaders, and I was just like, man, how does it feel? I was asking him. I was like, how does it feel? You've been working for Chick Fil A for almost half a year. Mm. Do you realize, like, crazy? It's almost been half a year since we've opened up the store. It has gone by <laughs> fast. Yeah, Holy cow. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the, it, 2020 is the weirdest year because, yeah. like, in some ways it feels like it's flown by, and other ways it's like it's taking forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but man, I mean, what what a crazy year this has been. But also, you know, I feel personally, uh, what a what a year of like blessing in yeah, some ways. For sure. Uh, you know, just a lot of great things have happened in, in our own like group, and, and mm-hmm. you know, opening this restaurant obviously being one of those major things, but. What a time of growth and um, yeah. just really strong, um, you know, I mean, forced to grow, right? Like, yeah, you yeah. know, the really tough situations have arisen out of this year that uh, aren't, you know, in a microcosm, like it affects everybody, yeah. right? And so, um, man, one of those things we're talking about today is just unity and harmony, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, part of that is born out of what we've experienced this year. Uh, A lot of social unrest, a lot of uh, light being shown on different topics that people may have either been unaware of or ignoring. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, obviously the political climate of 2020 certainly adds to this. Yeah. And uh, we will certainly not be getting into politics on this podcast. But, you know, it's it's impossible to address this particular situation without talking about just, you know, how we've even seen this played out in politics and how, Mm -hmm. you know, the average person has responded to politics. So. Um, man, I, I think it's a very timely podcast, uh, yeah. you know, not just for anybody listening, but um, as we start working through this in our own team and in the life of this restaurant, right, as we're growing and developing our uh, our team, you know, we're going to have people who don't get along. We're going to have people who don't agree. And how does a leader handle that when people are, um, you know, they don't agree with maybe the leader or they don't agree with or even like at times each other? Uh, but we're all on the same team. You know, yeah. I think that's a, a very important thing to think about. You know, when you're building a team that is as large as the one we've built here, we've got about 130 people on staff now, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to have unity across the board, right? You're, yeah. you're going to ha- you have 130 people from all different walks of life and um, thought processes, different experiences that are going to create a um, environment where, you know, people are going to butt heads. Yeah. And I think that the mistakes that leaders make a lot of times is trying to avoid that situation. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we don't we don't get into those hard conversations. Right. Yeah. We don't um, disagree because, you know, just come here and do the job. Right. Mm-hmm. And by trying to avoid it, a lot of times they lead themselves right to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
you're you're pretty silly if you think you can develop an organization um, of that of the size that we have, or even if you go back to our past organization with just 50 employees. I mean, you get more than a couple people in a room, like you're gonna yeah. have a lot of differentiation, right? And so that's gonna breed um, disagreement at mm -hmm. times. And so, uh, I mean, even on on our leadership team, you know, we used to just be five people, and like yeah. we wouldn't always see eye to eye, you know, all five of us, right? So, oh, um, man, I mean, me and Brad, like, he's probably one of my, if not my best friend at this point. And I got to say, like, we do not, we never see eye to eye. Like, our, <laughs> our leadership, like, like, styles are so vastly different. We were even talking about it the other day about, like, eventually when we get our own stores, how differently our stores will be run, mm -hmm. you know? And neither one being bad, just very, very different. Yeah. Well, and, and those are the relationships that you learn the most from, right? Yeah like you can still be close to and love someone even though they are diametrically opposed to maybe to your personality type. Yeah. Right? I have a close friend like that from my time working my way up through Chick-fil-A too. We're just two very different people, but uh, we see the value in one another and learn from each other yeah. and, and have grown because of that relationship. So um, that's the, the healthy conflict, right? That yeah. we're gonna talk about. So I do wanna preface this conversation with a couple different things. Because, you know, unfor you know, well, not unfortunately, but at times something like this uh, has the potential to maybe offend somebody. So mm -hmm. uh, I do want to say that that is in no way my intention ever. Um, I want to preface this also by saying that this is my own opinion based on my experiences from leading organizations and, you know, a lot of different people over many different years. Uh, this in no way represents um, Chick-fil-A, as many of you know, I, I I'm a Chick-fil-A owner operator, so this doesn't represent them or anybody who I, who I work with or any other Chick-fil-A operator. This is just, you know, my, um, you know, some of it is me. Some of it is things that I've pulled from quotes or from books um, that I want to discuss. But um, I think it's all it's all good stuff, right? Yeah. E even if you don't necessarily agree with it, it breeds good conversation. So I want, do want to make that preface. A um, couple times throughout the course of this podcast, I will... Uh, reference my faith and things maybe from a biblical point of view because I, I don't know how to have this conversation without that. Yeah. Um, I hope that doesn't offend you. If it does, you know, uh, tune out to this podcast um, uh, or this particular one rather. Um, but, you know, it's it's not necessarily trying to convince anybody of anything. It's just, you know, these are um, good points from whether it be the Bible or um, just Christian authors. Um, yeah. You know, there's going to be some of that in this podcast. Uh, lastly, when we're talking about disagreements and lack of, of um, you know, unity and things like that, we're not talking about simple things like, hey, a team member broke a rule from your handbook, <laughs> yeah. right? And they don't agree with the leader that they broke the rule. Like, those are pretty cut and dried, like, hey, man, like, you were late, so you're getting rid up kind of yeah, thing, right? Exactly. Um, that's not what we're talking about here. We okay. are talking about um, when you run into philosophical or moral or ethical questions and how do we deal with this and, you know, particularly at the peer-to-peer -peer level, um, you know, like you said, like I, I would handle it one way and the other leader might handle it the other way. And, you know, we don't agree on it. And so we need to come to terms, right? Yeah. And so th those are the conversations we're having today. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let, let's dive in. I do have, I kind of frame everything up in like points at, as I start to organize my thoughts. Um, I have to break them up into bullet points. So we have four bullet points we're gonna go over today. So how do we lead people who don't agree with us or each other? So I, I wrote a statement real quick because I want to address where I think this is coming from. Okay. Um, and I don't have any science to back this up. Uh, I don't have 
um, anything to reference here, but uh, I do know that this is a conversation I've seen being had a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I wrote this, I said, uh, this is about way more than just the current political landscape, though that's a, the biggest and most prevalent example of what we're experiencing. This is about a slow but pervasive societal shift, largely contributed to what I believe to be our continued reliance and acceptance of social media and internet culture to shape and reinforce our worldview. Yep. Um, yeah, it, let me finish this and then I, I do want to go mm-hmm. back to that. Uh, this new societal norm has in many ways created an environment in which people are radicalized with a dualist perspective that says, if you're not with me, you're against me. We are rapidly becoming a culture that is incapable of having open and honest conversations with the sharing of ideas and values that result in productive debate and discourse. Instead, we are allowing emotions to control us, social feeds and influencers to manipulate us, and the lazily demonizing those who don't agree with us. This cannot be the way forward, and those of us in leadership positions in any capacity need to be the voice of reason to promote unity and healthy relationships in order to provide a brighter future for ourselves and our children. Yep. So it might seem somewhat dramatic, but I, I truly believe like if we don't address this, we are we are creating a future for our kids that is not healthy. Yeah. Right. For sure. um, I, I have seen studies done recently about Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and and the algorithms they use. Um, knowing your page views and knowing the things that you like slash uh, don't like and things like that and populating your feed with those things Mm -hmm. in order to speak solely to what you already believe yep right um and and it also comes forward in just how we interact on those platforms as well right in that I'm going to post something. I don't care who it offends and because this is my page. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so the second somebody says something, uh, I'm going to either delete that comment or um, name call and bash them for even thinking they could disagree with me. Yep. And then anybody who does agree with me hops on and does the same thing. Right. Uh, and this goes both ways for any side of an issue. I'm not we're, I'm not trying to call out any one you know, political party or religion or whatever it might be. It's just I've seen it with everything. Yeah. Even something as simple as talking about a movie, yeah. you know, like people get so upset. <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars, <laughs> the Marvel film, you know, things we love. Yeah. Um, you know, th- this term toxic fandom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just toxic fandom. It's toxic culture. Yeah. And and it's who we have started to become. And, and I would say a couple years ago, I would say that this mainly existed on the Internet. But it has now started to spill over into real life and into mm-hmm. our real life interactions and relationships with actual people. And that is not healthy. Yeah. That is wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. When, like I said, we demonize those that don't agree with us to the point, you know, we like to say, well, unfriend me if you don't agree with this <laughs> yeah. and all this other nonsense. And then we go do it in real life. Mm-hmm. That is a problem. But then you wonder why this um Generation, I guess you could say, and uh, the past few generations are so afraid of confrontation. Yeah, because confrontation, and to them, is that is what happens on right. Facebook. Right, it's this. It's unhealthy, not healthy confrontation. Absolutely, it it, it is um, combative. Yeah. it is uh, you know dishonest and and not in any way uh, representative of all sides of an issue. Yep. You, you know, pe- like I said, they, people become radicalized where they cannot see another side of their issue beyond their own. Yep. and when I when I mentioned like duality like there's only one or two ways of seeing things right Mm -hmm. there's never a third option there's never a gray area that's either this or that right and that's the kind of culture we have started to create and i think those who are a little more um sensitive to these issues 
uh, have started to see it and, and are trying to balance it out, but there's not enough people, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, you know, when I talked about um, bringing in some, some scripture and some some Bible teaching, you know, one of the things I keep coming back to is directly from Jesus um, in Matthew 5 during the Sermon on the Mount mm-hmm. when he gets to the Beatitudes, yeah. right? And he says, blessed are the peacemakers for mm-hmm. they are the children of God. Um, that That is powerful in that, like, and actually, if you read all the Beatitudes, he said, blessed are this person. And it's never the person who is the fighter. It's never the person who is going to dominate somebody else. It's blessed are the meek. Blessed are the, the um, ones who weep, for they will be comforted. Yeah. Blessed are those who thirst for justice, for God you know, God will bring them justice. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. uh, Jesus specifically speaks to the disenfranchised, right? The The... Uh, people who are often seen as the victims, yeah, right. And so, um, when it says "blessed are the peacemakers," I, I think, unfortunately, some people who who may not be as uh, bought into that mindset are they see that as weakness, mm-hmm. right? Well, you have to fight for what you believe. Yeah, this is in no way saying that we need to bow down to every whim of anybody just in order to avoid conflict. That's not what a peacemaker yeah. is, okay? But it is that I am seeking a way forward to right relationship, to create peace amongst people, right? Mm-hmm. And to not not compromise my values, but to also be able to come to uh, an agreement. Well, to make peace, you have to set forth an action. You have to speak. You can't yes. be quiet. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, and, and again, coming back to social media, I think people, people believe that they are making a difference by putting these thoughts and ideas out there and then not even hearing other people, um, even if there is some sort of like reasonable civil discourse that is attempted to be had, it, it never ends well. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to shout you down and call you names until you see it my way. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that doesn't work for anybody. And, and I don't think the average person thinks that will work. I don't think anybody thinks that, Hey, I'm going to save this. And this person gonna be like, Oh, you're right. No. But what they think they are going to do is bully a person into leaving that conversation. Yeah. And in doing so they feel they won. And the fact is that you have lost mm-hmm. because you resorted to the worst tactics to make somebody flee rather than you know, even if you your intention was to win, allowing them to say that speak their mind and put forth their facts, you put forth your facts and then determine who is right. Yeah. Like that's civil discourse, right? Um, we just want to bully people into even not having the conversation. Yep. Um, and so you're right. We've created a generation of people who don't know how to have healthy conflict, don't know how to be, um, don't know how to deal with people who aren't cookie cutter versions of themselves. And the truth is that is not the real world. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we have a, a large team of 130 people here and they have to be on the same team. We all have to be to in this together. Yeah. Right. Um, and that is, that's one of the points that um, actually I'm going to make towards the end here, which is just uh, about working towards a common goal. Right. Yeah. If you want to talk from a political landscape point of view, you're like, we're all Americans. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, I, I would say the vast majority of those people love our country and wants what's best for that country. Yeah, we may disagree on how to achieve that, and that's where these conversations come in. But as long as we're starting at that starting point, that you are not my enemy, you are my my brother, my sister, my you know, we have a kinship. Yeah, you've automatically already come halfway, right? That mm-hmm. we're in this together, 
And so, um, you know, there are going to be times where there are enemies who are not for you, right? But hopefully those people aren't coming from within. They're coming from without, whatever the situation might be, the organization, the country, whatever it could, yeah. could be. And that's when you, you do have to fight. Um, again, this is in no way saying that we don't fight the important battles. Mm-hmm. But knowing what the is an important battle and, and not dying on every hill, but having the wisdom to see which hills are the ones worth dying yeah. on, right? Yeah, exactly. So... Um, let me get into the four points here that I want to discuss, and, and you and I will discuss it a little bit, and hopefully this will be um, some good conversation that, you know, if there's people who want to engage with us um, through the, the podcast or, you know, if you're on our team or hear this, uh, I would love to have a, a more in-depth conversation with you about it. But uh, the first point I wanted to make about, you know, how do we create unity and um, harmony when things are divided um, as a leader is seeking to understand right mm-hmm. the, the first thing we need to go into a conversation with is let me understand who this person is why they think the way they do maybe what past life experiences they've had that led them to these conclusions and to this stance um you know maybe there's societal differences age gender religion there, there's all sorts of things that inform the way we think yeah and you know you might have one or two of those things in common but you're not most often you're not gonna have all those things in common so you know, I think it's it's a cliche, but how do I put myself in that person's shoes? And again, I'm not acquiescing to them and saying that they're right. I just need to understand them better and see them for the person that they are, right? Yeah. Rather than you are just a, uh, you know, and, and this is why it's hard on the internet, right? It's because we're behind a computer screen. And even though there might be an icon or a picture there, like we still only see the issue, not the person, mm-hmm. right? And so seeking to understand that person is going to put you in a better place to be able to have this conversation in a healthy manner because you see them as a person, right? And so um, the other thing is, you know, unfortunately, there is a difference between hearing and listening, right? Mm-hmm. You know, my wife will tell you all the time. I, I might hear her. I'm not listening sometimes <laughs> because, yeah. you know, she'll say something and then like five minutes later, I'll say the same thing as if it was my idea. And she's like, I literally just said that to you. <laughs> um, you know, I, well, that's I, all of us men. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> you know, we, we got things going on in our heads yeah, sometimes. Yeah. That, like we're focused on the thought or whatever. And like I heard her. I heard she was talking. I know she just said something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a difference between hearing and listening. And then yeah. there's even a bigger difference between listening and active listening right yeah um when you are listening are you simply listening in order to respond to what is being said or are you active listening with the intent of understanding yeah right and again i'm not the best at this either a lot of times i might be sitting there hearing somebody talk and being like okay yeah you know like i I, i'm i'm getting what they're saying but i have a response you know yeah um and so i'm not saying obviously you need to formulate your thoughts but there is a balance. There's a balance to like, hey, I, I am actually here in the moment with you, right? The other issue, one of the things that I struggle with at times too, and the reason why I don't o- always listen to my wife is, you know, the, you're on the phone, you're distracted, you're scrolling through social media, you're you're absorbing all of these different messages. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, y- your brain can only handle so much, right? Yeah. And so if somebody's saying something to you, again, you might hear that they're speaking, but you're not actually fathoming what is being said mm-hmm. because your your attention is you know on the TV, on the computer, on, on yep. the phone. So you know one of the things I've tried to get really in- intentional about is you know when my wife is speaking, putting down what I am doing and actually looking at her. Right? Yeah. 
because that's that's also half the battle is like seeing the person speak what's their body language what are their facial Mm -hmm. uh, expressions like you might be saying something and i'm only catching half of what you're saying because i'm not paying attention to your other cues you know yeah it's one of the reasons why i i got rid of social media i would realize that uh essie would be talking to me and same thing i'd be going "Mm mm-hmm Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. As I'm scrolling through Instagram or Facebook and then have to like put it down and be like, wait a minute, start over. What'd you say? What yep. was that? And yeah, you can't, you can't pay attention to both. Nope. Nope. And you know, it, I don't want to come out of this saying, Oh, Mike really hates social media. Like that, that is yeah. not the case necessarily. Like I'm, I'm not a huge fan if I'm being honest, <laughs> yeah. um, but I do have them and I use them mm-hmm. to an extent. And there are some really great benefits to them uh, from a business perspective. So there's some really great benefits to being able to connect with the people who are interested in your business. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't hear me saying, hey, you know, abolish all social media, um, but understanding the role of social media in your life and it, you controlling it, not it controlling you. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. that's a big, uh, big deal, I think, right now for a lot of people. Um, so seeking to understand, being more interested in what that person is saying than what you have to say, you know, um, and only by doing so can we fully you know, understand why they have this point of view, right? Once you understand the why behind it, it might not excuse the point of view, right? You might still vehemently disagree with that person. Yeah. But when you come to an understanding of that person, it makes it more easy to um, not agree, but like empathize mm-hmm. with them, right? So, and again, that's something that, you know, a lot of people we are missing out on any kind of empathy, yeah. you know, feeling for that person. Right. And so, you know, again, without getting into any specific situations, there's a lot of people who are hurting for various different reasons. We need to understand how they feel and why they feel that way. I might not ever fully fathom it because I might not come from the same background or have the same obstacles, but at least I can sympathize and empathize with that person. So they understand, like, I see your pain. I yeah. see why you're struggling. And I want to help, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I think from a leadership perspective, any good leader will do that, right? Yeah. Um, you and I, we, we talk about this at our leadership team all the time is when we're going into these hard conversations, what I tell you guys a lot of times, you know, how do you lead the conversation the best? Mm-hmm. It's with questions, asking yeah. those questions first. A lot of times the person will self-realize that, you know, either they made a mistake or, um, you know, there's something wrong, they need to be better. And you didn't even need to say it. Yeah. You just ask the right questions, mm-hmm. right? So um, asking questions, leading with questions, seeking to understand is the first step forward. Um, the second point I have here is examine your own heart. Mm-hmm. You know, so many times we get so entrenched in our own ideas, our own emotions, um, our own point of view, and we don't even know why we feel that way, Yeah. right? Like examining why do you feel a certain way about a certain thing? Um, what is it that it, about your life that has informed that attitude, right? Um, what does it mean to be open in a conversation? It doesn't necessarily mean compromising on your point of view. It just means that you have the humility to consider the other person's point of view, mm-hmm. right? Um, I love, there, there's a quote from C.S. Lewis in uh, his book called Mere Christianity, where he talks about humility. And uh, I'm not gonna read the whole quote, but uh, basically he's talking about how do you know a humble man, right? Yeah. Um, and, and the funny thing is that th- this is from a chapter called uh, The Great Sin, Right. And so he talks about, um, he says, if if anyone would like to acquire humility, I can, I think, tell him the first step. The first step is to realize that one is proud and a biggest step too. at least nothing, whatever can be done before it. If you think you are not conceited, it means you're very conceited indeed. Right. And so, again, it's from the chapter called The Great Sin. 
is that we're all proud. Mm -hmm. We're all proud. We're all conceited in some way. We're all entrenched. And, you know, we are the hero of our own story, right? Mm -hmm. That is true for everyone, right? When you're watching a movie or you're reading a book, there is always the main character, yeah, right? And so in everyone's mind, they are the main character of their story. Yeah. And you are either there to help or hinder them mm -hmm. in their story, right? And so we tend to see things in those like very black and white, very basic um, I'm the hero. I'm the hero. Yeah. And therefore, if you oppose me, you're the villain. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's not truth. That's not reality. That is a very simplistic way of looking at something. Yeah, for sure. Right. And so, you know, we need to break out of that mindset. We need to be able to see per people that like they see themselves as a hero, too. Yep. You know, and again, I'm not talking about the extremes of like people who are truly wrong and truly evil. Right. Like, you know, murderers and things of that nature. Right. But we're talking about your average everyday person that you work alongside or is in your family or, you know, whatever it might be that is um, a point of contention for you. Like understanding they see themselves as a hero, too. Yeah. And we need to check our own pride sometimes. Yeah. Um, Not to, to divert this back to social media, but uh, one of the things that because, you know, I've recently gotten rid of all social media and stuff. And one of the mm -hmm. biggest struggles that I found myself with is I would take pictures of food I would make mm -hmm. or think of like a really cool quote, you know, and then be like, I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> I just took a picture of this food and I almost want to text it to all you guys and be like, look what I made. You Someone know? needs to see this. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, like, I had to stop and be like, wow, not everybody needs to know every, sing every single thing I do. Not mm -hmm. everyone needs to know every thought I have. And, but there I am sitting there going like, this is so intelligent, you yeah. know, and it's like, wow, like, yeah, that's super prideful. <laughs> well, the, the Internet has provided a platform for everyone to be an influencer. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Some people should not be influencing <laughs> other people, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but y you're right. Like that, that almost like egotism that like, oh, man, I need to share this with the world. Right. Yeah. Um, man, if you sent me something delicious you made, I'd be super stoked <laughs> to see that, right? Because we're friends, because yeah. I have a vested interest in you, right? And so you're like, man, I made this new great dish. I'd be like, oh, that's awesome. I'm coming over because I want some, right? Well, then we're going to be walking through my camera roll later. But Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> but, you know, that, again, it comes back to I have a relationship with you. Yeah. When we're putting stuff out there for just everybody to see, there are varying degrees of relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, on your social media, you have the closest person to you, your wife, your mother, your father, whatever it might be. You also have the guy you met one time at <laughs> a concert in, you know, uh, in a whole other state, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, that's where these issues arise is that we, we have mistaken influence for relationship. Mm -hmm. And we think that just because I have the ability to say or do something means that everybody needs to like both respect that and honor my point of view, you know, and, yeah. and not everybody's going to feel that way. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it's a, again, it's a great, uh, acknowledgement of a byproduct of the age we're living in and the technology that we're working with. Right. You know, we wouldn't, uh, you and I are both old enough to have lived through both and to, to, ha I think we're right on the cusp of like, we remember what it was like prior to these things, yeah. but we were young enough to adopt them into our regular lives. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it wouldn't have even occurred to me, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago to be like, man, let me take a picture of the meal I just made. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I do the same thing because yeah. I'm super proud. I'm like, <laughs> man, I, the other day I made my own dumplings. I'm like, I've never done this before. <laughs> let me send it to everybody who would care about this, you know, and it just doesn't, it's a whole new world. Right. And so yeah. with new things, with, you know, uh, 
new potential vices, mm -hmm. we need to be able to recognize them for what they are, right? Um, you know, Simon Sinek actually talks a lot about you know the, the iPhone or the the smartphone, the social media, and he talks about dopamine, right? And he yeah, talks about yep. how like we have done studies on people and we've observed them as they are engaging in social media or when their phone buzzes, and we see what it does to their brain. And what happens is they get that hit of dopamine, mm -hmm. right? And dopamine is the chemical in your body that gives you, um, you know, feelings of happiness and yeah. joy and things like that. And so, it becomes like a drug. Yep. You keep wanting to go back for that hit time after time after time. And, um, you know, sooner or later, it, it starts to manipulate the way you think and the things you do, right? Mm -hmm. Let me post this thing or let me post this thought because I will get people who comment on it and reinforce that thought or yeah. think, say how smart and intelligent I am, right? <clears throat> and the truth is, you know, we need to, we need to be able to share those ideas understanding that you know we're also not going to have people who like that and be able to to deal with that too you know mm -hmm. and again like I said because you know we live this now you know filtered life even in our real lives outside of the internet where we're only going to filter out things that spark joy you know yeah. we're only going to filter in things that agree with us and make us feel good about ourselves and you know I'm not going to deal with it and again I'm not saying like I'm not saying that we need to engage with toxic people or people who are um truly trying to hurt us right mm -hmm. this is different yeah you, you cannot you cannot put everybody who doesn't agree with you in that category right mm -hmm. um, but what you do need to do is again have the wisdom to discern like is this a healthy relationship is this a good relationship is this a good conversation yeah and just not flee and avoid things simply because it makes you uncomfortable mm -hmm. right and we kind of went down a different path here but it all it all leads back to just examining your own heart and knowing where your heart lies and why you're doing these things right yeah uh, another great quote and i think when we're talking about humility i think a lot of times people think that you have to be self-deprecating you mm -hmm. have to put yourself aside and all these other things and if it's truly something i feel strongly about or i believe to be right yeah, you know, I can't be humble in this i need to be prideful and, and stand strong and show people why this is the way right and uh, Rick Warren in The P Purpose Driven Life has a great quote where he says that humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Mm -hmm. Right. That's one of those like, hey, let me flip the words things. But like there's yeah. a lot of wisdom in it that, you know, again, people think, well, I have to I have to think less of myself, like like in terms of degrading myself. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you're just thinking more of the other people. Yeah. Right. So uh, I think it's in, it's smart to understand what healthy humility is, right? Mm -hmm. I've also fallen into the trap of unhealthy humility where I didn't think I had anything to offer or I didn't think I could be um, a force for good. And, yeah. and that's severely limiting what you can do because you might have a ton to offer because you actually don't have the confidence yeah. to, to offer it, right? So um, just understanding healthy humility and being willing to be humble and listen to uh, other people. Uh, I think another big part of this examine your heart piece is emotional right it's the emotional intelligence um people especially younger people as they are um gaining more experience dealing with their emotions right like you typically you know i remember when i was a teenager right you'd have an emotional response to everything yeah didn't matter if it was love lust right or mm -hmm. um uh, pain happiness and joy laughter like i remember i'd laugh at everything and everything right because yeah. you know everything was new and everything was funny right mm -hmm. and then as you get older it's not that you lose that joy it's that like oh i've seen that joke before yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. um you gain more experience right um and so unfortunately i think there are some people who it doesn't matter what age they are they just never 
learn to control their mm-hmm. emotions, right? Um, another great quote, and I, honestly, I did some research into this, and unfortunately, I, I thought it was a Bruce Lee quote. Uh, it's also been attributed to Warren Buffett, and people don't know who said oh, this, okay? okay? But it's a great quote regardless. So it says, you will continue to suffer if you have an emotional reaction to everything that is said to you. True power is in uh, sitting back and observing everything with logic. True power comes with restraint. If words control you, that means anyone else can control you. Breathe and allow things to pass, right? So if I know I can get an emotional response out of you and that's what I'm looking for and I just have to hit the right buttons, like I control you, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, I was talking to one of our team members about this the other day uh, about a relationship she has and talking about how, you know, all the things that this person had done and how it still inflicts pain on her. And, and, you know, I put it to her and like that, that person's still renting space in your mind. Yeah. You're giving that person power over you and they are far removed from your life at this point. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we, you know, our, again, our experiences and, um, you know, people who come and go in our lives, they do have a lasting impact on us. Right. What are you willing to give control over you? Mm -hmm. You know, are you going to continue to allow those things to, give you an emotional response where are you going to control those emotions right yeah um and so when it comes to leading leadership and being able to deal with people who you know don't think the same way as you um in a professional setting you need to not have that emotional response as often right yeah. you need to control that it needs to be hey let's talk through this logically um but it's much easier in the workplace right like i have found that uh, because I'm expected to be professional and because these are work relationships, um, I am better able to control those emotions. It's a whole lot different if I'm at home with my wife or my kids or you know my, my parents yeah, or whatever yeah. it might be because those are personal relationships. Mm-hmm. And when something gets said or done, it hurts more, yeah. right? It, it strikes deeper a deeper chord because of the personal nature of the relationship, right? Uh, I, I need to apply this even at home, like rather than getting upset and yelling at my wife because she said or did something that hurt me, you know, how can I harness those emotions and talk through it logically and calmly, right? Um, like I said, I'm good at doing it here, or I'm, a, I'm decent at doing it here in the workplace. It all goes out the window when you go home, right? Now, bring that back to what we're seeing in society. Everybody takes everything personally. It's all about a personal attack on you, mm-hmm. right? And when we're able to maybe separate that a little bit more, see it for what it is, see it for, um, you know, that this is not necessarily a personal attack or uh, even an attack on your values. This is just me trying to explain why I think something or how I think about something. You know, we are better able to maintain and control those emotions, right? But even when it does get personal, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, if somebody takes it to a personal level, um, still trying to take the high road and say, I'm not going to go there with you. Yeah. Right. I'm going to, you know, again, when we talk about our social media interactions, right. Well, you're going to call me names. I'm not going to call you names right back. You yeah. know, um, again, like in a lot of ways you just lost because you took it to that level, you know, when we're in a debate. Right. Yeah. So anyway, it is, um, I, I think something that we all need to address and we all need to be mindful of, uh, when we're trying to promote unity and trying to promote, um, peace in a divisive time is you know obviously there are emotions you know involved we're not robots we feel things but again coming back to the initial thing of understanding why does this person feel that way and then also being willing to empathize with them okay i i'm going to try to feel the same way you do right or or at least understand why you feel that way right so 
anyway, that uh, the second point in examining your own heart, humility, understanding, and uh, j- just emotional intelligence. Yeah. All right. So point number three, when talking about promoting unity uh, amongst division, um, we talked a little bit about this already, uh, so I don't want to harp too much on it, but um, building trust in relationships, right? Yeah. So you and I discussed earlier when you were talking about um, social media and wanting mm-hmm. to post things. And if you had shared that with me personally, how much I would have enjoyed that, right? And again, because there's a relationship there. And so, you know, I think one of the things about a lot of different issues and the way why people think the way they do about certain things is they don't know anybody from those backgrounds or um, who has that opposite point of view. They don't have, or they might know them, but they're an acquaintance. They don't have deep relationships with people like this, right? A lot of times my stances on things have even either softened or outright changed because I got close to somebody who thought a certain way or came from a certain background, right? And so you can't understand people until you know them, mm-hmm. right? And when, uh, again, I think we run into this in the workplace a lot of times because, you know, particularly in our job, um, a lot of it is, hey, like we, from the moment you get here to the moment you leave, it's just, we're working, right? Yeah. We're a very busy restaurant. We have a lot going on. Uh, anybody who works in the restaurant industry, even outside of Chick-fil-A understands that there's always something to do in a restaurant. And so there's not that like downtime where, you know, let, let's talk about, you know, our, our lives and get to know each other better, you know, when you're at work, right? Um, you might have a little bit of that, you know, here and there while we're working, but, you know, a lot of that's going to happen outside of the workplace. And so what you wind up having, you know, people getting into disagreements and not necessarily wanting to hear each other because they don't really know each other. Like yeah. they know each other, but they don't know, like yeah. deeply know each other, you know? Um, and so understand, like if, if you're finding yourself at odds with a person and, you know, you don't have a way forward with them, like just seeking to deepen that relationship first, mm-hmm. right? I was just talking to one of our leaders about somebody that she was having a problem with. And she took a great approach where she's like, you know, what? I realized I don't know her that well. And, and so I invited her to come over to my house and we're gonna cook dinner. Oh, that's awesome. I thought that was awesome. That's amazing. It's a huge um, step forward, yeah. and, but it takes somebody to make that step. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If both of us just sit there and we're like, well, you made me mad. Well, no, you made me mad. And we're not going to reach across the aisle to try and like mend this, right? Mm-hmm. It'll never work. You can't say you want unity without compromise, right? Because there's always going to be somebody who is entrenched in their beliefs or entrenched in what they want. And if you're unwilling to compromise in certain ways, even small ways, then they're, you're just going to stay on opposite sides, right? Um, but reaching out, creating that opportunity to deepen the relationship, to understand better, um, that's going to create trust, Right. Mm -hmm. And so any meaningful relationship has to be built on trust. Yeah. Right. So my wife and I don't always agree on everything. We agree on most things. Right. But there is going to be conflict. Uh, There's always going to be conflict in any relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if we didn't have that trust that even if we have a conflict or if we have a disagreement doesn't change the way we feel about each other one bit. Now there's uncertainty and now is there like, I don't necessarily want to share how I truly think, or I don't necessarily want to engage in harder conversations because I'm constantly worried about what's going to happen to the relationship. You know, like you experience this early on, if we bring it back to either spouses or, you know, uh, significant others, like when you first get to know somebody, you're on your best behavior, right? You don't talk about things that might be controversial. You don't want to get into fights, even though that person might've hurt your feelings, right? You kind of are willing to, Uh, give more because you're still feeling them out right it's only once we're super comfortable that we 
are truly ourselves, right? Yeah. And that's why they say you, you always hurt the ones you love, mm. right? Because you feel comfortable enough to hurt them. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it, with that trust and with that that certainty in that relationship, uh, again, we don't, we don't want to hurt the people we love, but at least we can be honest and like mm -hmm. have those true conversations, right? Um, if there's no trust in the relationship, then the ability to have a constructive debate, a constructive conversation about differing points of view is going to diminish with the yeah. level of trust, right? And so we need to seek out, we're not, trust is not something that anybody just gives, right? It has to be earned for most mm -hmm. people, right? And so therefore you gotta put the time in, you know, again, in, in the age of the smartphone, um, and of fast food and things like that. Like we expect these things to happen overnight. We yeah. expect to get immediate results. Some things take time. And so building trust um, at the leadership level in a business or organization with the people who follow you, uh, it's really important. And it's gonna take some time to um, get to know them. And, and I think trust also means consistency, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can tell me who you are all day, but until I see it played out in your daily life, and not just once, but multiple times, while well, I actually trust that you are who you say you are, right? Yeah. So again, we, the, the issue I think we're running into is that I think something else that we have lost and that um, in a lot of ways, social media and the internet has continued to erode is deep, meaningful relationships. Yeah. We have these very surface level relationships that are um, very innocuous and you know, they're just about either you know making us feel good or whatever it might be and you and I both know that the best relationships, whether it be spouse or friendships, are the ones who are willing to tell you what you don't want to hear. Yep. Right. And I'm finding more and more people don't have those relationships. Yeah. Right. Leaders a lot of times don't have those relationships. I heard a stat the other day that um, from a, a church uh, type of point of view, pastors, uh, nine out of 10 pastors said they don't have a close friend. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's probably similar for business leaders too, mm -hmm. right? Because it's very difficult to find somebody that um, you can get close to who maybe understands what you're going through. And when you lead an organization, um, that's why they say it's lonely at the top, right? Because mm -hmm. all that responsibility and, um, you know, the, the stature of your position at times is a barrier to other yeah. people. And um, we need to be able to seek out relationships, deep, meaningful relationships. If you don't have one, get one. Yeah. If you don't have a mentor in your life who you're willing to say, Hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm going through. Speak into this and give me your, your completely honest feedback. If you don't have that person, you need to find that person because what you end up doing again is just further entrenching yourself, surrounding yourself with people who are just going to continue to tell you what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. And there's no growth in that. There's yeah. no forward movement in that. You will, uh, you know, a, a guest speaker used to come to my church all the time used to say, if all you ever do is what you've always done, then you'll always have what you've always had. Yep. Right. And that goes for everything. He used to talk about it in ways like from a church perspective, but as a leader, if you just keep doing the same old thing, then you'll only ever be the same old leader. Yep. Most leaders will tell you they want to grow. They mm -hmm. want to develop. They want to increase their influence. They want to increase their stature. They want to increase their opportunity. You don't do that by surrounding yourself with yes men and yes women who will only tell you what you want to hear. Yep. Exactly. So we need to surround ourselves with people who 
are, are both, you know, encouraging and, and uh, uplifting, but also willing to challenge you, mm-hmm. willing to say, hey, man, I don't know if that is the right way forward. Let me tell you what I think. And then actually listening to them. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's why, you know, I mean, I, I love you guys so much. I feel like we have developed um, that kind of relationship where there is that trust that as your boss, you can come to me and be like, Mike, I don't agree with you. And I won't immediately be like, hey, you're fired. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, when it comes to a business sense, there's a lot of weak leaders who are challenged in a bad way. Like when they're, when they're um, brought, you know, there's something brought to their attention that they don't like. Well then, you know, I, I have the power to wield over you. Yeah. You know, I can fire you or I'm going to intimidate you into doing things my way. Right. It's the really great leaders who welcome that and, and not just welcome it, but seek it out. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm, a really great leader. I'm just saying like, that's, <laughs> that is uh, a mindset that I aspire to and that yeah. we should all aspire to. Right. So, um, uh, I, I wrote down here, um, we erode trust when we're unwilling to listen. Mm-hmm. We erode trust when we're unwilling to compromise. We don't need to die on every hill, but we do need to have the wisdom to know which battles to fight. Right. Yeah. So, um, and that goes for any relationship, man, like apply that at home with your wife. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to be right or do you want the relationship to be right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, too often we just want to be right. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, that's, that's, you know, a way forward in, in promoting peace and unity. Um, do you have anything to add to that? No, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I completely agree with everything that you were saying. You well, know? of course and you do. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Pride, Mike, we just talked about it. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, I think that is one of the best parts about this leadership team specifically that we have is we have a lot of different points of views, you know, mm-hmm. and going back to what I had originally said, you know, between just me and Brad, I mean, take out me and Brad, I mean, between me and Caleb and you know, Caleb and Ellie and Yana and Brad, and there's just so many different ways to do things and so many different points of views that I think that's one of the reasons why we remain and continue to grow and be so strong. Um, you know, it's just that constant, um, you know, not to say that we're constantly fighting with each other, that's not the case, but it's constantly challenging each other when, you know, when something arises so that we can learn from those experiences and see other points of views. Mm. Absolutely. Not some nice name drops there for our leadership team when they listen to this to be excited that you you mentioned that. (laughs) Um, Yes, absolutely. So uh, last piece here that I have, and as I said, I I think part of this is like, how do we move forward? What do we do with some of this, Mm -hmm. right? So um, the point I had is is not engaging with the intent of winning. Yeah. Right? Um, Too many times we think about these types of conversations as a battle to be fought and won. Mm -hmm. And if I am going into a situation with uh, maybe somebody who works for me or somebody I work alongside, or even if it's a friend or family member and I am combative and aggressive and I just want to win Mm -hmm. for the sake of winning and to prove I'm right. Like we were talking about earlier. um, I've missed the point. I've already lost the battle. Yeah. Right. Uh, because what you do is you wind up just entrenching that person further into their point of view, even if it might not necessarily be the right point of view, yeah. because you came at them, you know, guns ablaze, you know, arms swinging, they're automatically going to be put on the defensive. Yeah. I'm going to shut down. I'm going to stop listening to you right. because of the way that you're coming at me. hundred yeah. percent, hundred percent. And that might not even be in the way you like the things you say, it might just be in your body language and the way you're saying things. And mm-hmm. you know, you might have the best points in the world you may be right in this situation, but because the way you approached it was wrong, 
you lost the battle. Yep. You 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 didn't have you know it, it. You basically just got to put your voice out there, listen to yourself talk, because mm-hmm. the other person's not listening anymore, right? Yeah, it's not about personal <laughs> wins; it's about organizational wins. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Again, and that brings me back to the point I mentioned earlier on: is like, what's the common goal? Yeah, you know, we're all on the same team. You know, if, if it's the country, we are all Americans. If it's your spouse, we are we are partners mm-hmm. in this. You're not the enemy. You're my wife. You're my husband. You know, if it's in a leadership perspective of you know us running a business, we are all we all work on the same team in the same building, uh, trying to achieve the same goal. Right? Yeah. We are not enemies. And so, when we approach things that way, with not with the intent to win, but the intent to achieve the common goal. Mm-hmm we're going to come out of it better we're, yeah. we're we might disagree but we can walk away as friends and we can walk away on the same page because we both know i have the best interests of the business at heart i have the best interests of um our marriage at heart i have the best interests of the country at heart again we might disagree with that but just know i'm not trying to destroy what we have built i'm trying to either fix or make something better right um you know i, I bring it back to yeah, uh, again, movies and you know, comic books and things that I love. Yeah. The most compelling villains are the ones who you kind of agree with them. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, uh, you know, my favorite comic book has always been the X Men. Everybody yeah. knows who they are. Uh, you know, from a comic book, uh, from the movies. I mean, and the reason why the X Men are so great is they have a great villain in Magneto. Yeah. And Magneto is he's wrong right like mm-hmm. in the, what he's trying to do and the way he's, the way what he's trying to achieve and what professor x are trying to achieve the are the same, same thing. exact thing yeah they they want peace and equality for mutant kind mm-hmm. right but professor xavier wants to come at it from a way of like we're going to win them over through our actions and our character and magneto wants to subjugate people yeah. right yeah um and that's what makes him wrong mm-hmm. but again you you see like you sympathize with his cause and you understand why he thinks that because it, you know, in the comics and in the movies, they touch upon this too. That you know, he he was he's a Jewish man who was in a concentration camp during mm-hmm. World War II. So you get why he has that, right? Yeah. And we're going down a whole different path, but like, it's a great illustration of what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Yes, you know, he is still wrong, and yes, he, he, in the way he's trying to achieve things, makes him the villain. But because you understand him, because you sympathize with him, um, you're able to have the conversation, right? And 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 at least see why right i saw a meme it's probably years ago now but it said uh being a child is when you idolize batman being an adult is realizing (laughs) the joker makes a whole lot of sense yeah (laughs) well unfortunately that's the the craziness of life right yeah um but but coming back to the the x-men uh thing is uh, eventually magneto actually does join the x-men he sees it professor xavier's way i didn't even know that well Depends on who's writing them, right? But yeah, there was yeah, a whole yeah. season where Magneto fought right alongside Xavier. Wow. Right? Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen in every sense, but for the sake of my argument, for the sake yeah, of my yeah, illustration, yeah. Um, you know, when we stand by what's right, we seek to understand. We stand up for what's right, too. You know, like, like I'm not saying, you know, hey, let that person act in such a way that is harmful to others. Um, but, you know, giving them the opportunity to... Uh, to have that that discourse and and to share ideas share um you know thoughts and feelings and emotions and with an open heart open mind willing to give them something in order to get something right mm-hmm. that's the way forward that's that's the only way we can have healthy organizations right yeah because no matter what you do 
you will always have this. You will always have different people with different backgrounds and different ways of thinking. And you are a fool if you think that you're just going to force everybody to do and say things the same exact way. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen. Yeah. You know, and so rather than trying to ignore our differences, we need to embrace them. Yeah. We need to embrace them and um, empower them to be to make us better, to make mm-hmm. us stronger, right? From our organization point of view, you're right. You are very different from, you know, uh, most of the other people on the team. You have different strengths than, you know, some of the other people on the team. If I only surrounded myself with people like you, I would only get one perspective and mm-hmm. we would only be good at one thing maybe or two things, right? Yeah. But because we have different people that we surround ourselves with and different points of view and different strengths, we can build a fully fledged well uh, balanced organization Mm -hmm. same thing you know for me as the leader it's very tempting to just surround myself with people who think exactly like me but then I'll never become better yeah right so enabling that an environment that people feel safe enough to be able to have those conversations to challenge ideas to talk through things you know we always talk about how, listen, like, it's okay that you disagree. You head into the, to the office there. You can yell and scream at each other if you need to, but when you leave there, you're on the same page, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, and that's leaning into that healthy conflict. That's leaning into understanding that we're not all the same, right? Mm-hmm. Um, instead of avoiding it, trying to sweep it on the rug and pretend it doesn't happen, right? Yeah. So from a, from a leadership point of view, from an organizational point of view, that's what we need to do. We, we need to embrace those things and address them as they come up. So um, those those are the four points I have. That I mean, I think this conversation is so much bigger than just these four points. Oh obviously. yeah, absolutely. But uh, when I sat down and really tried to figure out, like, hey, what do I want to focus on when I talk about this, or what are the things I want to promote within my own business? These are the things I talked about. These are the things that I value. You might have something completely different as you're listening to this and think, hey, Mike, you didn't hit this, or actually, I don't agree with you. Well, you're proving my point. That's great. Yeah. Um, you know, we can have that conversation, and but. You know, at the end of the day, just knowing that we're for each other, we're here for each other, we're hoping to make something better of, um, you know, uh, our organization, our country, our lives, right? Um, and I, I think that that is at the very heart of who we are as a people, as an American people, is, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, yeah. right? Yeah. And within that means, you know, there's going to be things that get in the way of that pursuit and how are you going to handle that how are you going to address it um so yeah that's that's it do you have something you'd like to add to our conversation here no i mean i i think you got it you know what i mean uh i i kind of filled in you know where i thought i should but uh no i i think i I completely agree with everything that you said well most of what you said you know i need to i need to uh show some confrontation right Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's funny well um okay well that yeah that was a a great conversation Uh, i hope that this was helpful i hope that it promotes unity and peace and um healthy conflict and conversation in your own lives and in our own business as um people from our team listen to this and um you know, just coming back to the name of the podcast, it's Leadership Cares, right? Yeah. Uh, you have to care to even come to this point. Right? Yeah, absolutely. There has to be that initial, uh, the very bare minimum is I care enough about you to even go mm-hmm. here. Because, uh, you know, let's be honest, this is a lot of work. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. easy to just be like, no, I'm just going to think what I want to think, or I'm just going to surround myself with people who think that way. Like, that's the easy thing to mm-hmm. do. This is a lot of work, but 
nothing is worth having uh, that doesn't take work. Yeah, right? and you know, I, I've seen it at other organizations. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit older than some of the other people on our team, and I've worked at a lot of different places, and I've seen organizations that don't care. It's the boss's way, and it's my way, or it's not. I don't want to be cliche and say the highway, but mm-hmm. it's my way, or you're out. Right. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it, it does show that there's a lot of care that has to go into it in order to want to function the way that we do. I'll keep coming back back to, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, something I believe I've said on this podcast before, which is people is every organization's number one resource. Yep. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter how great your product is. The person that you bring alongside of you to achieve that dream and to accomplish that goal, uh, to sell that product or, you know, whatever it might be, the people are the number one resource. Mm-hmm. And so when you're dealing with your number one resource, you need to invest in it. You need to protect it. You need to be uh, concerned with it and care for it, right? Um, again, we, we tell ourselves the lie that the, you know, the money is the number one resource or the, um, you know, the food or whatever, mm-hmm. the, the building blocks of whatever we do, that's the number one resource, but it's not, that's a lie. Yeah. Because you have nothing if you don't have the people. And too many times people don't put enough emphasis on that. They don't put enough care into that. Again, they want to just sweep these things under the rug, not address them. And eventually you'll lose your people. Now, if, you, if we want to talk strictly from a business standpoint, you know, how much money do you lose every time you lose somebody and you have to find somebody else to do that job? Yeah. Right. A whole heck of a lot of money. Yep. You know, so if, if you're the type of person who needs to see the numbers and sense of it, like, and why this is a good investment in your organization to be able to approach things this way, this is why. Mm-hmm. You're going to retain your people. They're gonna know you care. You're not gonna have people walking out the door because they got their nose bent on a joint over something that wasn't handled correctly, right? You're going to have better retention, keep more of your money, and not have to worry about constantly finding people. Yeah. And we all know, especially, you know, I mean, right now the job market is flooded with people because there's a lot of unemployment right now but you know normally during um you know normal non-covid times it's hard to find people Mm -hmm. it's hard to find good people so why not make the investment in keeping them why not make the not just the monetary investment but the time and the emotional investment into keeping your people your best people yeah so having uh, an understanding of this principle and being willing to go here is uh just it's also good business sense yeah so uh, anyway, that is all for this week. And thank you so much for riding it out with me. I know this was a hard topic. Um, and man, would love to hear from anybody who wants to talk to me about this. Please hit me up through uh, social media or uh, if you know me personally, would love to talk to you. And um, thank you so much for listening to the Leadership Podcast uh, or Leadership Cares Podcast. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> um, and for this week, I'm Mike Thornton. And I'm JD. Thank you for listening to Leadership Cares. The Leadership Cares podcast is produced by Revived Entertainment Company.